February 11th, 2024. We're continuing in Mesilat Yisharim. We're in Perek Kafdalet, Mesilat Yisharim, nearing the end of our ascension to self-development and growth, is in Bibi'ur Yir'at HaChet. It's describing for us what it means to fear sin in the appropriate way, in the most ideal way. And Ramahal began the Perek, if you recall, we learned this in the second half of the class <coughs> last week by describing the two, might we call them, traditional approaches to Yir'ah. There is on the one hand Yir'at Het with regards to I fear the Onesh, I fear the sin uh, which is going to bring punishment. That's the most coarse base level way of fearing uh, God. You're not truly fearing God, you're fearing his uh, repercussions with regards to uh, doing things wrong. That's Yir'at Onesh. It's not something that you want to run away from but it's an initial building block in developing yourself. Then Mesilat Yisharim Ramchal continued, he said, Hamin Hasheni, and this is the one, generally speaking, people associate and affiliate the higher level Yir'ah with, and that's Yir'at HaRomimut. Romimut is the grandeur of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's not that you fear, per se, what he'll do to you, it's that every time I transgress his word, I, uh, to a certain extent, feel that I'm doing the wrong thing because I understand his majesty because I feel his presence in some respect. But said Ramchal, that's still a little bit too narrow with regards to the ideal of getting to Yir'ah, what he'll define as Yir'at Het, ironically. In other words, uh, that is, I, I need to make certain that I don't uh, sin on Shabbat, I eat kosher. Why? Not because I fear the sin, but because I have a fear of he who commanded it. I understand his presence. That's uh, level number two, which is, says Ramchal, more difficult to achieve, but not quite as hard as this final one. And says Ramchal now in the paragraph that begins, Zotayira. Do we see that? Zotayira she'anachnu bebeura ata. There it is. You have it easy. Um, the fear which we're now dealing with, you have the picture? Yeah. Dealing with, it goes like this. It's the fear of the sin. Sounds like you're bumping me down a level. Tell me fear of punishment, fear of the grandeur of God, the greatness, grandness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and now fear of sin. He says, on the one hand, it's a offshoot of Yirat HaRomimut. You're certainly affiliating with the grandeur of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. On the other hand, it's not as narrow as suggested until now. V'hainu, ki adam yare v'do'eg tamid al ma'asav penit'arev bam eze shemes het o penihye bam eze davar katon o gadol sheno lefi godel kvodo yitparach v'romimut shemo. Says Ramchal, we're moving beyond the uh, several or many 365 sins detailed in the Torah. We're moving beyond that. We're turning into actions, activities, everything that lies in between, the gray zone, in between the black and white. And we're not so much focused any longer, although we are as well, specifically on, well, I wouldn't do this because I fear God's presence, but it's everything in between. How do my actions reflect my understanding, my feeling, my constant cognizance of God's involvement? Do you follow? It's really everything that's not explicitly stated, neither by the Torah nor per se by the Hachamim. How do you determine 
every decision made in your life. We still don't have the page over here? No. V'hinecha ro'eh continues Ramchal again in describing this here in the wrong perek. Perek Kafdalit. V'hinecha ro'eh hayachas hagadol sheben yir'azo v'yirat ha'romimut shezacharno. You'll understand in turn the affiliation, the connection between yirat ha'romimut, which is grandeur of God, understanding his grand, great nature, and, and this one. Ki ha'tachlit b'shnehem, the purpose in both of them, is at its core, it's the same. It's that I don't want to transgress dad's word, dad's presence. However, there's a difference between dad told me don't step out of line in this situation and since I have dad's vision, perspective on what this business should look like, I therefore make every decision with him in mind. He's not here any longer. He's not in the business. He's not in this world. Nonetheless, my vision, my perspective is governed in every step, every decision made by, well, what is it that his presence would or does demand? And that's the description of here. So it is Yirat HaRomimut, but it's not as narrow. Shelo la'asot ava neged rum kevodo yitbarach omnam ha'evdel shebenem sheba'avuro tehashev keminech acher ubeshem acher tikare. The reason this is different than the last described Yirahu ki Yirat HaRomimut hi b'sha'at Yerat HaRomimut is in the moment of action or disengagement. The one that we described earlier, the one that most people are uh, are familiar with, Yerat HaRomimut means, as I pray, as I enter into the synagogue, understand, as I make a conscious decision not to uh, eat the wrong thing or to uh, violate, not to violate Shabbat. Oh, that's Yerat HaRomimut over here. That's the description, Yerat HaRomimut. Says Ramchal, you want to know what Yirat Het is? It's at every second, every hour, every moment in your life, in your day. Every moment there's a fear, there's almost a healthy anxiety, maybe I'll stumble. Maybe I did something, even a half a misstep, which is against the honor of heaven. The issue is, over here, it's not a yirat onesh, it's not that I fear the punishment, it's neither just a fear of his presence, it's a fear that my actions become sinful actions. Not that they are a sin, that the Torah already told me, it's one of the 365, it's that my action will be translated or tainted by a sinful intention. Sinful, it means that I'm making a decision in a non-prescribed zone. There's no sivui, there's no command, neither from the Torah nor from the hachamim. What, I'm sitting in the business room, what am I doing? Yerat het. That's what it is. You're saying based on having, the, you, now that you have an understanding of the goal of Hashem, 
you were, are doing an action that's not specifically not allowed, but right. you feel like you're fair. But then, well, like, then probably it's like uh, when we say the person who keeps all the mitzvot, but he's sitting. He said to me, he's a left side. So it says, uh, says uh, Dr. Masri, Ramban Nachmani, the beginning of Parashat Kedoshim, in defining the word ked, words Kedoshim. What does it mean to be Kedoshim to heal? Ramban Nachmani famously, and we've returned to this word so many times, says, don't be a naval birshuta Torah. And again, Ramhal is not per se defining that, although he did touch on this in the context of Kedushah, but we'll return to that now, because it is somewhat related to this, which means to say, I can be a gluttonous, hedonistic, constantly indulging and partying individual who only eats glad kosher and only eats the most highest standard of kashrut. And yet, what is my life? It is a life of indulgence, enjoyment, and pleasuring myself. That, Yirat uh, Het, that's a failure in Yirat Het. But I've followed the mandates, but I made certain... What's that? Why not? Which, which objective command have I transgressed? What have I gone against? I don't know Unless you're going to tell me Kedoshim to you. But again, the description is, the description of Ramchal is anything that is in between the cracks in this. Harambam, to this extent, at the very end of his Morei Nebuchim, not so ironic, but this past week on Wednesday night, we learned from this chapter, from Chelek Gimal Perek Nun Bet, is talking about something very similar to this Yir'ah of Ramchal. It's not so rare, but it's somewhat rare that they'll actually see somewhat eye-to-eye on the matter. And this, again, is the Yir'ah Harambam describes that only the greatest have achieved in a full sense, in an all-encompassing lifestyle decision and, and, and direction. Uh, Harambam describes, for example, what the ways of the Hachamim from the Gemara uh, described were, and uh, he sees those as Yir'ah, again, everything in between action, actions included. Uh, for example, he says at the time that the Gemara in Masechet uh, Nidarim on Dafkaf says that when Tamideh Hachamim, or people who have true Yirat Shamaim, we should say, are involved even in Tashmish Amita, marital relations, they do it with a certain sense of Tzniyut, the Megaletefach, and not everything is revealed. And listen, it's in Shohan Aruch, but they're supposed to be in the act of, uh, of, of exposure between a husband and wife. There's nonetheless supposed to be a certain, a certain concealment. For what reason? Because even in that moment, there's an understanding, there's a realization of extending beyond what, what my mission and mandate is. Uh, similarly, the Gemara says, Ezehu hasanua harambam sites, kol hanifne balayla kederech shenifna bayom. In a day and age where uh, the bathhouse was outside and as was the um, lavatory, uh, what's a person who's sanua, who truly lives with a way of modesty? It's that he uses, uh, he relieves himself at night the same way he would during the day. During the day, there are eyes that can see you at night, not so much so, but it's inherent to your action. It's not per se the way a person sees it, it's my approach to it. It's realizing. Uh, that I'm in the presence at every second of God. Uh, the Gemara, furthermore, Harambam uh, cites um, in Masechet Kiddushin, where is it? Andaf Lamed, Lamed, Andaf Lamed, that it's Asur Lalechet 
Bekoma zikufa, a person's not allowed to walk in an upright, straight-backed, uh, straight-necked fashion. It's nefzak and shulchan aruch. What's the idea? Because melochol ha'aris kevodo, because God's presence in all places. As we say, that's one of the uh, one, one of the things we've done wrong in the vidui on Yom Kippur. Uh, the Gemara goes on to say, and it says that a person who covers his head, melochol ha'aris kevodo, says Harambam. Uh, the scholars, Harambam writes this in Hilchot Deot, the people who had yirat shemaim on the highest level, used to constantly not walk even for amot begilui rosh. Again, the description, Ralph, uh, more than anything, is one we're in. None of these are per se explicit mandates in the Torah. None of these. What's that? First and foremost, they're not all in Shulchan Aruch. Secondly, they're in Shulchan Aruch Bitur Hanhaga. They're a suggested. Are you transgressing if you don't? Uh, for example, are you transgressing if your if your head is not covered as you walk in the street? It's clear not from Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch says you should. Doesn't say you must. Komazukufa is a bit different than Shuhan Aruch, as Maran Hachida points out. But again, the description in each is, as I understand it, that's the Yirat Hayat. That's this transcendent zone where a person has achieved everything else, and now, well, it's not only in the prescribed situations. I'm so much in a flow with regards to this that it's almost natural to me. I couldn't do differently. It's for that reason I want to address this briefly. I, I mentioned last week, I mentioned it again, there's this Ashre Adam Mifahed Tamid aspect, which Ramchal returns to again and again in this Perik. There's this constant fear and constant agony which sounds very unhealthy. It doesn't sound like the lifestyle that we'd imagine Torah is prescribing to us. I wonder, I don't wonder, I'm convinced that it's not so. That uh, the agony and the... Uh, I remember I, I had one rabbi, I have, thank God, many rabbis. One of my rabbis uh, lives, lives his life in a constant state of, uh, of, of fear and of anxiety. Uh, he's made it healthy for himself. I can't imagine any student who follows in it will have a healthy lifestyle. So I remember that once someone was telling, another rabbi of mine, it wasn't me, was telling on this rabbi, said, do you know what he does? It's this and that, and he's always nervous about that. So the rabbi said, oh, beautiful. Can you, you know whose voice that is? He says, beautiful. Can you imagine? It's fantastic that he's fearing at all time. Now, of course, he was saying it cynically. Like, that's a very difficult life. I don't think that's what Amchal is prescribing to us, and I'll give you the mashal. I mentioned it in a different context on Shabbat, the mashal for me is the following. I happen to have never read this book, and I own it because I gave this mashal more than once and said I didn't read it, so someone bought me the book. But I'm told that in the book, I would read it, I just read it. In the book, uh, The Inside Game of Tennis, it says the following. It says that it teaches you all the, uh, all, all the tricks and all the uh, techniques and ways of serving and playing the game properly, right? So there's a lot of description. But then the inside game. So what's in your head? So what's a person who has excelled and has achieved all the skills and all the talents and knows all the techniques of how to serve perfectly? What are they supposed to be thinking as they throw the ball into the air and they're about to whack it over the net? And the answer is nothing. Clear your mind entirely of all of that. But wait a second. Didn't I just work toward that? Don't I spend every day with my trainer and my uh, so getting up to this moment? How could I now clear my mind? The answer is you're now in a flow. This is now natural to who you are. This is you as a player in this moment. And as a result, it's not per se, you're not anxiety-ridden. 
in the moments leading up to it, you've trained yourself to get here, but in that moment, in that moment, that just is who you are. That's the Yireh Shamaim. That's the Yirat Chet. I'm not saying it's easy at all, neither is Ramchal nor certainly Harambam to achieve, but that's what you're striving for. I've mentioned more than once as well in this context how in She'elot Tishubot Rivash, Yam Shel Shilomo cites this as well, Rabbi Shilomo Luria. They cite from, if I'm not mistaken, Rabbi Shimshon of maybe Sons. And uh, he described some, again, probably 13th century, maybe 12th century rabbi, he describes how uh, he spent time in his life uh, looking into the mystical meanings of uh, tefillah, certainly the names of God and the understanding of the different olamot. I mean, if you, to open up, I, I don't suggest it yet, but if you open up a, like a, a sidur with the kavanot of rashash, um, you're going to be seeing a lot of words and letters that you're not familiar with. And it just has to do with the intention and the mindfulness and the way that you pray. And so what is it that your intent is, they asked him. So he said, I pray with the intentions of a little boy who just opened the Siddur for the first. What are you talking about? You spent your whole life, you spent time, you teach, you understand, you study. How could it be that when you open the Siddur, the answer, I think, again, is there's no anxiety in that moment. There's no technicalities. There's no confusion. It just it, it flows in that moment. That becomes what you are to the extent that that is what made you up. So you're following the Torah, you're involved in Yirat Onesh, and you went beyond that Yirat Haromimut, and you're seeking more and you're searching. It now is, I don't need to, so to speak, make those sorts of conscious decisions. The decisions are unconscious. They just become part and parcel of who I am. I mentioned on Shabbat in the following context, very briefly, that the first, one of the first Rashi's in this past week's parasha, Asher Tassim Lifnehem, it's okay, I got it. Um, Rashi writes that Moshe Rabbeinu turned to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and said, maybe I'll just give the principles to them. And that'll be the way that they'll learn these laws. I'll give them the principles and they'll go and figure this thing out. Parashat Mishpatim is filled with a lot more than principles, lots of details and so forth, to which HaKadosh Baruch Hu says two or three times principles is insufficient. Instead, make it kishohana aruch lifnehem, set a full table in front of them. In other words, my mashal, don't make it that you walked into a meat restaurant and this waiter came up to you and said, what would you like to have? And you don't even have a menu per se in front of you. You certainly don't see the food and you're trying to figure this out, uh, but you know, it's a new restaurant, it's Italian food, and so on and so forth, so you figure out your order. Don't make it like that. Instead, buffet. Have it all laid out in front of them. Let them understand it. Of course, the joke is on the Midrash, because we're learning Masech Baba Kama, far from a buffet, Parashat Mishpatim. We're still not sure what it means, Vehamet Yehielo, we don't know. We don't know anything anyway, but nonetheless, the description is it should all be clear. What was, what was Moshe's claim, so to speak? I should give them an unclear Torah? Why, why would it be in such a fashion? I'll just give them the principles, let them figure out the rest? For what reason? What I suggested, and I think there's a lot of truth in Midrash Hazal on this point, is that they're, again, they're driving home the same point that at its core, this Torah, these Miswot, are supposed to become something that at their core, again, foundationally, are one. It is who I am. This is what I do. So I'll give them the principles. They'll, so to speak, get into the groove and know how to do this, to which God says, no, before the inner game of tennis, give them the skills of tennis. They'll get to the inner game of tennis afterwards. So Ramhal in Perik Kaftal, chapter 24, says, all right, you've worked on the rest. Now, I know it sounds anxiety-provoking, but at this point, 
It shouldn't be. It's similar to what Rashid writes at the end of the parasha this past week. He quotes from Rabbeinu Sa'ad Yagam, if you remember this one, that the Aseret HaDibirot, the Ten Commandments, have within them 613 mitzvot, right? All 613 are in the Ten Commandments. I trace it backwards. Last week's parasha, Rashid, two weeks ago, in Parashat Yitro, at Kol HaDivarim HaElle Lemod, Pasuk says that God spoke all these things saying, says Rashi. They were all Ten word. Commandments one said word. One word. in one utterance. So one second. It means that the Ten Commandments, or excuse me, 613 mitzvot are in Ten Commandments, and Ten Commandments were said, so to speak, in one utterance. And Bam in the Moreh quotes from Midrashim that they heard a kol gadol velo yasaf, a zo amati, shanaim zo shamati. There was one utterance. They may have heard more than one. What's the description of all these time? And again, it's describing to you and to me that when we know something, when we're familiar with it, when it is who we are, when we're at Yirat Chet, that's just who I am. I can't do it any differently. And of course, there'll be challenges, but, but in those moments, my consciousness, my understanding, my connectedness, I can't do different. That's what we're striving for. Again, I, I say it, I must have said it a hundred times, but the mashal is a relationship of spouses. I'm in the middle of a dispute, or not a dispute, I'm sitting down in a meal with my wife. Am I reading the instruction manual on what to say and how to engage when she says something to me? Certainly not, but shouldn't you? Don't you want to turn to the experts on how to do that? Aren't you seeking a, a perfection in your relationship? Certainly, in the initial stages, do so. Once you got this, if you got it, then you need to allow, to, and there's no anxiety any longer. And there is an Ashe Adam Mid. I am constantly thinking about what it is that my wife needs, what my children need, what it is. But it's not any longer bogging me down in the negative sense. It becomes a subconscious, if you will, as opposed to something that consciously kills me and destroys my inner workings and emotional state of mind. It says, it says what I'm how, yeah. I mean, I think what's, what's, because we're saying, if you say that he's constantly has Hashem in mind, right? If you said Yirat Shamayim, then you're saying, okay, he, he feels Hashem's presence at all times, which mm-hmm. sounds like a wonderful thing, right? Mm-hmm. So he's not sitting because he feels this close to Hashem all the time. So mm-hmm. it's, 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 and it's a nice feeling. That right. Hashem. But when you say fear of sin. No, no, that, not to, that, we're past fear of sin. We're in Yirat Mimut. This is an offshoot of Yirat Mimut. Fear of sin is for children and if you're called last. That's fear of punishment. Excuse me, fair punishment is for children and for women and right. Amehar, it's unfortunately, right? right? That's, yeah. what, that's what he said. Beyond that fear of sin, because you're translating sin in a, right. Ramahal will tell you, right. wrong way. Understand I'm what sin, sin means. You're feeling close to the that's what, he's that's really what sin is? That's what's all. That's what I'm saying. I think when, but today we live beyond, in a world of anxiety, but, but, so I, to say, thinking about... Worry. Of course, we're going to translate hence, that. Hence my 15-minute uh, right. interlude to say, don't understand this as bringing you to anxiety if done right. If done wrong, uh, my rabbi did it wrong. He lives a very happy life. But I'm saying, if done wrong for me, it's a life in which I'm losing more hair than I don't have. You know, in other words, it's, it's a life in which I, I can't live. His description is very overwhelming if read through those lenses. If alternatively, no, it's all one. It means that I'm connected to this. One utterance of God, I got this. But what's all that breakup? That breakup is what made me into that. What's all those kavanot? Well, that's, that's what now I'm, th- I have that all in my mind. Now I open the book and I know what to say. I have all the skills and now I can just do it. I just go with it. I have that, 
I have that flow. That's, that's what I'm suggesting he's working toward, even though he again and again stresses fear and trepidation and trembling, etc. That's innate at this point. That's not bogging you down. But yes, it's a cognizance and connectedness to God at its core. It says, There's that fear, there's that, there's that hesitation and, um, and, and appropriate or not uh, unhealthy anxiety. There's the Pasuk in Mishle. Uh, praise God. He says like above that it's a sin, so... Meaning like, mm-hmm. It's an actual avera, or it's like when he perceives it as an avera. You're in, you're in yerat haro memut. That's in yerat haro memut, right? Yerat haro is when there's an actual sin in front of me, I, I feel God's presence. Actual sin means one of the 365. Now we're in yerat hait. It's about that that the rabbi said, uh, praiseworthy is the person who fears constantly. And the rabbis in Berachot say, Interestingly, Rashi, interpreting that Gemara, says, What does it mean to fear constantly on Divrei Torah? He says, It means that I fear I forget the Torah. That's what you should be constantly be doing Hazara so you remember it. Ramchal translates that differently. What's Ramchal's translation of? He says, That's a reference to on everything, the whole corpus of Torah, which means Avodat Hashem, my connectedness, my life as a human being, as a sentient worshipper, Alved Hashem should be even at a time where you don't see the pitfall, the stumbling block in front of you. You should be you should realize this is not a situation I want to be not a situation you want to be in. Have you been in that situation? No, but I understand it because I'm in tune with life as I've experienced. That's what Moshe was referring to when he says in just two weeks ago, Parashah, in Parashat Yisroel, Ba'avur Tihyeh Yirato Al Penechem Lebilti Tehetau. His fear should be on your face constantly. What's it on your face? You're sensing it. It's part of who you are. This is in contrast to an external fear of God, which from Hal cited earlier, Ramchal cited earlier, et I fear God. Over here, it's, it's on your face. This is who you are. This is when the life is lived like this, it's, you won't be sinning easily. And if it happens, it's going to be considered and seen as an experience as out of his control. It's that Yeshayahu's prophecy says, uh, Who am I looking at, so to speak, God says, to the downtrodden one who is Hared who is fearful. The Pasuk in Tehillim says, I may have been chased in this world, but it didn't matter because I fear you. Again, it sounds coarse, it sounds base level. Says Ramchal, there's a depth to that. There's a connectedness. There's an ability to appreciate and realize oh, this is an individual. These are people who transcended, who didn't live life like you or me 
not you, me, who see everything in a black and white, is this in Shulchan Aruch, how do I determine? It, it became it became natural. Ukvar matzanu sham, natural trepidation. Ukvar matzanu sham malachim ha-gidolim ve-haramim haredim ve-ru'ashim tamid mi-penege utashim. He says, in truth, the description of the rabbis of the Nevi'im is that the, the angels were always trembling from God. What's trembling from God? They're angels. They understood. It became part of them, so to speak, uh, God's constant presence. Ad she'amru, that's what the Gemara in Hagiga describes. Bimshal chokmatam nehar dinur mehechan yosem ze'atan shel hayot. This boiling river, where did it come forth from? Imagine the rabbis from the um, sweat of the uh, angels. The angels fear God, and as a result, their sweat is boiling in this world. Of course, they don't mean it literally. He says it's a mashal, it's a description of, look at this world and understand, you can live life in such a Again, Danny, right? It's the awesomeness. It's the not fear in the low level. It's the ema, constant. So that they don't miss out. So that we don't miss out on anything in our worship and our constant uh, approach of God. Any place where God's appearance, so to speak, was manifested in this world, there was a physical trembling. The Pesukim describe a trembling, a melting away of mountains through the presence of God. Presence of God, in a constant sense, should bring to not a physical, but a trembling, a constant thought. It's not an easy life per se, nobody said worship is, but it doesn't need to be anxiety provoking. People should have that uh, hesitation, that trepidation, that fear, that awe of standing in front of God constantly. We've more than once read the words of Ramar Bi Moshe Isulis in Siman Alf to Shulchan Aruch. He says this is a person's mindset as they wake up. In the morning, he's quoting from Harambam in Morin Vuchim. A person's mindset is the person's mindset is before I go about not only the mitzvot and avirot but the everything that I do. Let's finish this paragraph over here. He says, um, The description is laughing, so to speak, at human beings and saying, can you imagine they have this fear of others? Do they actually not internalize what it is, who it is that they're standing in front of? My life can and will be filled with a penetrating sense of God's presence. This is true fear. Again, says Ramchal, this is the ideal. 
He's not at any point, and he warned us at the beginning of this pedic. He's not at any point saying this is what we'll get to easily, nor that we will live in a constant a sense and awareness of this yira. But this is the mindset. This is the goal. This is where we're headed if we're working on our character refinement, on our connectedness to Akadosh Baruch Hu. His next paragraph introduces the latter part of the pedic, where he says there are two portions to how this manifests itself. We'll begin with that next time. Baruch Amen. Amen.